Yo, welcome back to the Motocross Training Podcast. Joel Youngkins here, bringing you yet another episode on some valuable motocross training information to help you become a better elite racer. Today's topic, we're going to talk about five rules for motocross conditioning. Now, conditioning, this is something that if you're a racer, you know, you should not be too far removed as far as thinking that this isn't something that you should be necessary okay we've all been there if you've ridden a bike you've all been there where you hop on the bike and you know you're not in too great a shape you go do a few laps next thing you know you were just completely winded and it's like you've been doing wind sprints and you're like man you know that's just a great workout and you know it kind of kind of humbles you uh, for those that have raced we've all had races where we're like man we're out of shape that sucked and that's not what I want for you I want you to be prepared to race especially if you're a competitive racer a high level racer a pro racer this is something that you cannot have an issue okay so kind of what I say conditioning is like it's like a gas can it's like or gas tank I should say we don't want your gas tank to run out okay You need to be prepared for whatever event you are racing, whether it's motocross, off-road, supercross, arena cross. Your gas tank needs to last that whole length of that race, whether it's the whole day, one race, the whole weekend. You need to be ready to go. So, conditioning is a very broad topic, and a lot of people just say cardio. I need to get my cardio in. Well, most people just associate cardio or conditioning with anything that's going to elevate their heart rate and everybody has these super expensive heart rate uh, watches now and uh, you know to be honest a lot of it's uh, you know very unnecessary to use you just kind of need you just need to know really what your heart rate is doing and the rest kind of will take care of itself but I do want to get into some myths here, just like we did last episode with the five rules for motocross strength training. There are a couple of myths I want to go over first. So the first one, and this one's always had me puzzled for a while, but you do not need to road bike or run in order to be a good racer. Okay, so why is this important? Well, if you road bi- if road biking and running were so important, then if you were you could you could just go and find runners and assume that they would be a good racer. Okay, it doesn't work that way. I've heard this before. I heard someone you know I think it was Gary Bailey was announcing back when Dungey was doing really good. I think back still when he was on a Suzuki and he was just crushing everybody. I think that was back in like 2010 and. You know, he made a comment. He's like, yeah, he's one of the, the last couple guys that actually still run. And, you know, running just does something to you. It makes you tough. Um, and then, you know, you see everybody and their brother buying all these road bikes and everybody's doing their road bike rides. Well, running and road biking, there is nothing wrong with it. Okay. But it's not a prerequis- prerequisite to your motocross conditioning. If you're not road biking or running or whatever category you fall into, you know, thinking that you need to do, it's really, um, it's really not the truth. It's really not the reality. And what we're going to get into today is we're actually going to talk about 
it's more important about how you manipulate the heart rate. Okay. If road biking and running works for you, some people won't. Some people running would be very detrimental. Some people just maybe not, they don't like road biking or they don't have good roads to go ride on. That's okay. So don't feel like if you don't have a road bike or you can't run, it's okay. We'll, we'll get through this. You don't need to road bike or run to be a good racer. Uh, myth number two I want to talk about is a lot of racers think that their conditioning in the in the gym should mimic their motos or races. Meaning, if their races are usually 15 minutes, that they should try to replicate exactly the heart rate and the time, and that's all they should do in the gym, and they should build workouts around exactly how their races will be. I could see where people fall into this trap, but you have to understand that the human body... It's, it's designed with a bunch of systems and when you're developing conditioning, it has its own set of system. It's called your energy system. And this is broken down into three different parts, um, three different systems, I should say in two different parts. One is your aerobic system and this falls under, you know, this is all aerobic energy, meaning you use oxygen. The other energy is anaerobic. You use your alactic and your lactic systems. So one would be ATP. The other one would be basically using glycogen muscle sugar as energy. That's without oxygen. So what we want to focus on in racing is we want to focus on aerobic energy because that will provide energy for more than just like a minute or two. You can actually perform aerobic energy up to hours on end. So you want to think of developing your energy systems, not just mimicking your races. Myth number three we're going to cover is your heart rates on the bike during a race are higher because of anxiety. Okay. So when you hear racers talk about, or, you know, super, or you're watching Supercross and they're saying, you know, oh, my heart rate's 90% of my, my max heart rate. Like, it's not even possible. Everybody gets all, like, pumped up and, like, they act like they're aliens or something like that. Um, why that's happening isn't because their body is working harder. But, yeah, the, their body is working hard and their heart rates are high, but they're not really that high. They're higher because of anxiety levels. So, what I tell people to kind of wrap their head around this idea is pretend that you're at a movie theater, you're just watching a movie... You're sitting comfortable on a couch or just a movie theater chair. Your body's at pretty much at rest. It's sitting down. But if you put a heart rate monitor on, you know, if your heart rate is normally at 60 beats per minute, you know, at rest, but you're watching a scary movie or a thriller or an action movie, you know, you may look down, your heart rate might be up to like 80, 90 beats per minute because of emotional stress that's happening. It's increasing your heart rate. So that's why when you practice... Your practice is your heart rates may be lower than race because when you're racing, um, you know, things get real, emotions go up, and it's going to increase your heart rates. So it doesn't mean just because your heart rate's that high, that's not really physiologically where your body is operating. So that's just something I want to get out of the way and cover right now before we move forward. So we're also going to talk about some key benefits of why you want to be conditioning for motocross racing, whether it's motocross, off-road, supercross, so on, you know, really kind of talking about an umbrella sport here. Um, 
But one of the first key benefits you want to think of is you want to be able to keep creating energy by utilizing oxygen. So it's very important that your aerobic system is very efficient so that when you go to ride your bike and race, you're operating in aerobic zones. So if your heart rate gets too high, again, you're going to go into that anaerobic zone where you're going to rely on muscle sugar and ATP. And eventually after about 60 to 90 seconds, you're going to gas out and you're just going to be sucking in air because your body is craving energy that it just, it's out of. So it's a very important to make sure that when you're racing, you are staying in an aerobic zone. Another key benefit is that you could potentially compete at lower heart rate levels when you become a better aerobically fit. Okay. So that one should be pretty cool. If you're, you know, you start the season and your average heart rate's 165, but you know, you start getting in shape or you've always competed at somewhere and your heart rate's always like, you know, more stressed. If you can get in better aerobic shape and you go from 165 to 155, well, it's just easier. It's less stressful on your body and you're going to be able to produce energy quicker. Your heart rates will slow down. All the kind of good things that you want as a racer will start to happen. And then the last one, something that I think a lot of people don't really think about or look at is that if you are a well-conditioned athlete, you're going to recover way faster from competition and practice. Because if your aerobic system is more highly developed, that means you can circulate blood through your body much faster. So blood can return to your heart more efficiently with less effort, and you can carry nutrients to recover as well. And all the waste products we can remove from your body as well. Okay, so let's get into the five rules for motocross conditioning. So I've kind of already talked about it a couple of times, but you need rule number one, you need to keep conditioning aerobic. So we need to become better at developing our aerobic system. I'm really not too concerned with developing your anaerobic system because strength training is going to take care of that. Like we talked about last episode. So anything that does happen anaerobically, your strength training should, should take care of all that. Like there shouldn't be too many times that in racing, if we've prepared properly, that our heart rates are spiking sky high. And if they do a good aerobic system, will bring it back down aerobically, you know, as fast as possible. So for example, is if you're racing, you fall and you go to pick your bike up and your heart rate spikes real high. If you're in better shape, meaning better aerobically condition, you can drop your heart rate back down to normal levels a lot faster than someone who isn't as trained as you. So that's a very important thing. So when we're training aerobically, primarily we want to stay in heart rates between 120 to 150 beats per minute. That's just a broad general term if you're starting out. If you are a competitive athlete and you do have a good base on your hurry numbers, um, you can basically go from 120 or up to your anaerobic threshold if you know that number. In your conditioning, um, your conditioning sessions should last anywhere really from 20 to 60 minutes. So 20 minutes if they're you know a harder session or a recovery. But you can really push them up to 60 minutes. You don't really have to go beyond 60. If you're going beyond 60 minutes, like, you know, it, it better be because you're a very high level athlete and you're very well conditioned. But, you know, you could pretty much knock out all of your aerobic training 20 to 60 minutes. Um, so number two, you want to keep conditioning sessions should be about two, 
two to four times a week. So a general rule of thumb here is the more you're riding your dirt bike or four-wheeler, uh, the less conditioning you'll have to do. Again, it's kind of a time frame thing, but you know, you're riding, if your riding is productive towards, you know, riding specifically for your racing, you know, you're getting the specific work done. So you don't need to make up as many sessions. So say you're riding about, you know, two to three times a week, you know, you may only need really two productive training sessions in, in a week to match that. And you're going to be fine, but you can also use some of these two to four, two to four sessions during the week as recovery work too. So if you're riding a lot, you can use some of these as recovery sessions just to recover from the riding. Or if you're not really riding a lot, you can make some of that up with more conditioning work. Moving on to rule number three, utilize whatever equipment you have access to. So again, you do not need to have a road bike. If you don't have a road bike or you don't want a road bike, you are not missing out or holding back your, your racing career. It is more about using conditioning methods to manipulate heart rates versus what kind of equipment you're using. So for example, you know, I've had some guys come here, some really high level racers, some pro racers that have had a ton of background in, you know, road biking and cycling as they use as their conditioning, which was fine. It's great. They still do it. But when they come here and they do some of my aerobic, um, you know, workouts here in the gym, especially my more higher end aerobic workouts, which we'll talk about here in a second, you know, honestly, it crushes them and, you know, they end up adapting and, you know, things like that. But for as much road bike as they've done in the past and things like that, um, you know, they've just kind of have been stuck in one zone to where riding the road bike isn't the end all be all. And you have to know how to manipulate the heart rate and use certain methods to really get the most out of your training. You could do these same methods with really any any type of equipment. It's just you have to know how to manipulate the heart rate. And if you don't and you're just out doing aimlessly, aimless conditioning work, it's not specific to building the system. So number four, we're going to move right into use both high-end heart rates with low-end heart rates. So lower heart rate zones should be used to build aerobic endurance or recovery. And these sessions are actually a lot less stressful on the body. So that's why you can go like, you know, you can either do a slow jog, a bike ride, and, you know, you could do that a bunch of the times of the week. And it may not really be that stressful. And that's kind of a theory of why I think a lot of people like riding a road bike because it isn't as stressful. It's low impact. And I think, you know, the heart rates can be kept a lot lower unless you're specifically designing, um, you know, certain types of interval training or things like that. But, you know, these sessions to be anywhere between one to three days a week. And if you know your anaerobic threshold, just just kind of spit some numbers out, you know, this recovery and endurance range could be anywhere from 65 to 90% of your anaerobic threshold. And I use more, I base more numbers off of anaerobic threshold than I do max heart rates. Um, for specific reasoning, which we'll get into in another podcast in the future. But your higher your higher heart rate zones, these are going to build aerobic power, lactate threshold, your VO2 max. And this is really just strengthening your heart and maximizing the use of oxygen you can get in your body. So these sessions are a lot more stressful. So, you know, these sessions, even though they're aerobic, 
in nature, they're still pretty taxing on the body and they may take like, you know, a day or two to kind of recover from. It wouldn't be uncommon to perform, you know, one of these sessions and then the next day you go to do some more aerobic work and your heart rate's a bit higher because you're still stressed from the day before. It's completely normal. And you, it's for the same reason if you raced, say, on Sunday, you wouldn't really be motivated to come in the gym on Monday and start busting out these same kind of, you know, aerobic power intervals that, you know, we do in the off season to get you in shape. There's, you know, it's a more stressful environment that we put you in. So these sessions should be limited to more one to two days per week. And again, if you want to talk about heart rate numbers, we're looking at 90 to 100% of your anaerobic threshold. So we're still in that aerobic zone. We're just pushing that upper limit of it. And finally, number five for today, what we're going to talk about is your riding is your specific conditioning. So your off-the-bike conditioning builds your aerobic system so that you can compete more efficiently on your bike or just ride your bike more efficiently. You build your off-bike conditioning sessions around your riding. So riding comes first because it is specific. And you want to be able to manage your stress by picking and choosing 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 the days around your riding or you know the days of your riding um, depending on how you structure your weekly training there's a few ways to do that but your riding is specific first and this is where if you're a motocross athlete and you need to go 30 plus two laps this is the, this is the time to specifically prepare for that you're off the bike prepares your body and then you go on your bike and you prepare for the sport. Same thing as if you're a GNCC racer or a hard enduro racer, you know, your sessions should be, your riding sessions should, should mimic more of the sport and break down the sport on your bike and not really rely specifically in the gym to mimic the sport. That's what practice is for. So I hope you're following with that. I'm not losing anybody. Um, same thing if you're an extreme enduro and you have races that are five to six hours, it wouldn't be a bad idea that, you know, some of your practice days, you know, should be, you know, longer full days of riding instead of just doing a bunch of 30 minute sessions on your bike every day. Um, so that's where specific conditioning and aerobic conditioning would kind of look different. So you have to know at the end of the day how to mesh those. But it is just important to know that you don't have to rely on your gym workouts to mimic your racing. That's for on the bike. So that's the five rules for motocross conditioning that I'm going to give you right now. And I just want to recap everything. I want to go over the myths. You don't need to have a road bike or run in order to be a good racer. You just need to manipulate whatever tools you have access to in a, in the right way. A, you know, you're a racer, not a road bike guy or a runner. <coughs> Excuse me. Your conditioning sessions, your conditioning sessions shouldn't have to mimic your motos or your races. We are just building up your energy systems. We're building the system within your body so that we can take that to the track with us. It would be like putting a new top end in your bike or cleaning your air filter so that your bike is good to go. Same concept. 
your heart rates and the last myth is your heart rate on the bike during the race will always be a little bit higher because of induced anxiety levels because of competition. Key benefits for conditioning for motocross. You can keep creating new energy, more energy by utilizing oxygen. If you're not using oxygen to create this energy, you will gas out. Um, number two will be you can compete at lower heart rates. So that means your body would be under a lot less metabolic stress while operating at a lower heart rate compared to if you're from going from untrained to train. And the last benefit today is going to be you can recover faster from competition and practice because your body is much more efficient at circulating blood. So for the five rules, you want to keep conditioning aerobic. We want to work on developing our aerobic system in the gym, so we have to train it in the gym. Number two, your conditioning sessions should be about two to four times a week. And you do that by predicting how much you, would, you need to ride or how much you need to include in your week to get yourself in shape. Number three, utilize whatever equipment you have access to. It's more about manipulating the heart rate versus what kind of equipment you're using. Number four, you want to use both high-end heart rates and low-end heart rates. So lower heart rates are going to work on aerobic endurance and recovery, whereas higher-end heart rates are going to work on aerobic power, meaning the strength of your heart. And finally, number five, riding is your specific conditioning. In the gym, we build up your aerobic system. On the track, we practice your sport. Combine those two, and you have a really good conditioning um, approach to your racing. So that wraps up today. I hope that, uh, you know, cleared up some confusion on some topics, hopefully give you some new insights to use. What's really key is that you're utilizing your heart rate and using methods instead of just equipment and time and just logging in time, just to log in time, be, pre be precise with your, with your conditioning. And, and honestly, it will save you a ton of time during the week of instead of just aimlessly riding a road bike, you can really start to pinpoint and cut down the time of riding your road bike so you can spend more time on your bike or recovering or preparing for the race that's yet to come. So until next time, keep training smart, train hard, and we will talk soon. Later.